roller coaster ride is our emotions. As the price is going up and down, our emotions are going up and down. And so I drew and animated that. And this one was really done for Bitcoiners, you know, specifically. This was art I made for people who were, who were Bitcoiners. So I published it on uh, my site, like on a separate page that was not linked from the main page. And then I posted it to bitcointalk.org. So that's where I published it as well as Reddit. I also published it on Reddit on our Bitcoin. And when I posted it there, it got mm -hmm. downvoted to zero. Typical Reddit, right? I live unbanked off of cryptocurrency, and I use BitRefill extensively because it lets me pay with crypto at places that don't yet accept it directly. This one service, more than any other, helps me live on crypto. Pay your prepaid phone bill, or buy gift cards to thousands of major retailers around the world, all with cryptocurrency, including for exact amounts so you don't have to buy more gift credit than you need for a specific purchase. You can use BitRefill without an account, but if you get an account, you can earn rewards points, which translate to savings, and you can also hold a balance denominated in dollars or euros to protect yourself against market crashes. Go to bitrefill.com, click Create Account, and enter the referral code DCN, or follow the link in the description. So, hey everyone, I have the wonderful pleasure today of speaking with the one and only Marcus Cotter of Bitcoin Roller Coaster Guy fame. How's it going, man? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty fantastic, and especially when you know chatting with the living legends such as yourself that a lot of people don't even really know that much about. Um, so, for the you know the viewers at home who are not necessarily as as up to the to date on the whole space, do you want to just explain kind of who you are, how you got into crypto, and then I guess roll right into the um, the famous little roller coaster guy. <laughs> Sure. Um, yeah, so uh, my name is Marcus, and I learned about Bitcoin fairly early, um, but I didn't uh, jump right in. Uh, I tend to be a, a little bit slow, slower moving um, yeah. and, you know, a little more conservative with um, <laughs> money. Uh, and uh, so around 2011, mm -hmm. I think I got my first Bitcoin. It was given to me. Uh, by Roger Veer wow. uh, online. And uh, then I didn't do anything for a year. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got to uh, say, though, 2011 is pretty early. Like most people say that my mid-2013 start date was really early. <laughs> but, you know, then there's a lot of people that were in there. Like 2011 could be considered almost right at the beginning for a lot of people. It, it, it was pretty early. And, uh, you know, I wish I had jumped in a little bit more. But... Mm -hmm. Um, you know, at that time, Bitcoin was not easy, uh, to get. Yeah. Uh, so I got, you know, one from Roger. Um, and then basically, you know, I was running the full Bitcoin client on my computer, uh, for that. Um, what was it called? Bitcoin QT or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And, um, it still and, is. And there's a lot of QT based wallets still today. So oh, that's okay. pretty cool. Yeah. So that's what I was running at the time. And really, you know, it was, I, it was because Roger was like, oh, I'll give 10 people a Bitcoin if you just, you know, download the software and post up your uh, your public address. And that's what I did. But then after that, um, I didn't do anything literally for a year. I turned it off after a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, so it wasn't really until 
later in 2012, uh, I moved to New Hampshire and, uh, and I was around a lot of people who were using Bitcoin. Um, you know, I lived around the corner from Mandrake and we were already friends. Um, you know, he was selling baklava for yeah. Bitcoin at the time. So, um, so yeah, so that was really what was like, okay, now I'm around people, um, and I, uh, that are into Bitcoin and I started getting a little bit more into it. Um, it was still challenging, uh, back in 2012, wasn't a lot different than 2011. Like I signed up, I was like, I'm going to sign up for an exchange, you know, and, uh, get, send some money in and I'm going to buy some Bitcoin that way. And yeah. I signed up for this exchange and I sent my money in and then they got shut down and, mm -hmm. and wow. I didn't get my money back for at least six months. It may have been longer, maybe like eight months, nine mm -hmm. months. I don't know. It was a while. And so I didn't even get to buy the Bitcoin. I sent my money in and then they got shut down. So, um, and it wasn't, this isn't Mt. Gox. This is a different one. Um, so that's how it was back then. It, it was not, it was not easy. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, so anyway, that's, you know, but that, that was like the very beginning of me getting into it. And then going into 2013, early 2013, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's when I ended up uh, drawing Bitcoin Roller Coaster Guy because, you know, as soon as I got in, late 2012 was not much different than other times. Price up and down, right? I mean, yeah, always, always up and down. Do you remember uh, what it was right around that time? Yeah, in late twenty, in late twenty twelve, uh, the price went over a hundred, I mm. think, for the first time, and then, it, and then it went a lot higher, I think. Yeah, uh, and then came back down. Uh, I don't remember specifically the price though, but yeah. Of course, it's hard to really keep track because yeah. you, you just like look away for 10 minutes. It's something different. Right. I'm yeah. pretty sure when I first got mine in somewhere around September of 2013, it was somewhere around 130 per coin. Oh, okay, and yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was like, you know, probably right around that time. And then, of course, at the end of 2013, it was about 10 times that. And mm, that was yeah. people's first kind of taste of glory, I guess. <laughs> right. Um yeah, so it was actually, you know, and even before, actually in late 2012, so around at that time, um, people may not know this, but I was actually drawing a daily webcomic, mm -hmm. and I published a, a single panel comic every day, and I did that for nine years. Mm -hmm. So around that time was kind of in the middle of me publishing a daily webcomic, and actually in late 2012, I think it was October, I did my first Bitcoin art uh, in, in, in late 2012, I published, um, a single panel called Bitcoin mm -hmm. and it was just a drawing of a Bitcoin that looked like a zombie and he had yeah. been bit, you know? Yeah. So, so it's like sort of to emphasize the, you can't keep him down, just keeps going kind of thing. <laughs> um, really it was just like a play off of the bit, the word bit. Like, oh, Bitcoin. You know, <laughs> this coin has been bitten. He's a zombie. Um, so that was my first uh, step into Bitcoin, doing Bitcoin art. Um, and that one, you know, you can see that if uh, if you go, Brainless Tales is the name of my old comic that I used mm -hmm. to publish. If you go there and you look at 2012, you can go to the archive, look in 2012. I think it was in October. Yeah. You could, 
Um, anyway, that that was that. But then, you know, uh, I had this inspiration. People were talking about, you know, the roller coaster. You mm-hmm. know, I didn't obviously come up with that. Like people were already talking about, like, yeah, it was a roller coaster up ride. Up and yeah. down, up and yeah. down. And and our emotions, right? It's really mm-hmm. the roller coaster ride is our emotions. As the price is going up and down, our emotions are going up and down. Um, just like you know, being on that ride. And so I drew and animated that. And I, I didn't actually publish that as one of my daily um, comics hmm. because it was a, my daily comic just had a little bit different color scheme and such. And this one was really done for Bitcoiners, you know, specifically. Yeah. It wasn't done for general audience. It, it, this was art I made for people who were, who were Bitcoiners. So I published it on uh, my site, like on a separate page that was not linked from the main page. And then I posted it to BitcoinTalk.org. That was where everybody used to hang out. Oh, yeah. I remember the Bitcoin Talk days way yeah. back in the day. Right. People like Hal Finney were hanging out there, right? Chatting with people. Yeah. So that's where I published it as well as Reddit. I also published it on Reddit on our Bitcoin. And when I posted it there, it got mm-hmm. downvoted to zero. <laughs> Nothing. Some things just don't change, today. huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Typical Reddit, right? The, yeah. The original person who posts it, it gets downvoted, and then uh, the reposts get upvoted. So that's really funny. Yeah. I, I I think it couldn't have happened any better way. Yeah, I'll have to look look that original post up and just see the way it is today because it's a great kind of a reminder to people that like sometimes the best things in life. People just freak out at like right away or just don't value it in the immediate. And then, you know, later on it becomes kind of a sensation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, lucky for me, uh, that's kind of what happened, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really the luck was that it did speak to somebody. Yeah. It spoke to somebody. And um, the first inkling that I had that anybody liked it or even remembered it was when I mentioned Mandrick earlier. Yeah. Um, he actually shared with me a screenshot from Bitcoinity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, I'm sure you're familiar with the site, classic watch Bitcoin price website. Yeah, I um, think I used to use it back in the day. Yeah, I still do because they, they when the price goes wild, they always throw in these GIFs, these animated GIFs. Like, yeah. It's really fun. They still do it too. It's really nice. great. Anyway, they, you know, used roller coasters. The roller coaster guy and mm-hmm. uh, Mandrick was able to screenshot it and he shared it with me and I was like, oh wow, you know, like how exciting! Like I felt like I was famous just because my my yeah. <laughs> animated gift was on Bitcoinity, you know, for like probably twenty seconds, you know, because they don't last long; they just pop up and then they go away. Um, so that was like the first inkling, and then not long after that, you know, somebody um, and I actually do have if I have a. A dedicated website now that's called bitcoincoaster.com and on the about page i actually have a history yeah and i do link to um specific reddit users who i think were you know to my knowledge were the first people that posted some of the different versions Mm -hmm. and i could be wrong you know maybe they were the reposter it's really hard to know but I, I did my best at one point to gather those up a little bit. Not yeah. all of them, obviously. There's a lot of different versions. But, but yeah, but at some point, people like somebody else thought like, oh, I'm going to take this and edit it. And uh, people like that idea. You know, they saw them going down or whatever. 
<laughs> yeah. So the original meme was just the guy going up and down, up and down, a little like sine wave kind of a thing. And, exactly. And then people started putting like the vertical one or then the yep. other vertical one and things like that. Yes. I actually think the vertical down was the first one because the the one you see the most has mm-hmm. the red background. Yeah. And it makes sense to have a red background for going mm-hmm. down. It doesn't make sense to have a red background for going up. It should be a green background. Yeah, but Somebody course. just took it and just flipped it. Um, so I'm pretty sure that the first one was going down, which is yeah. really funny. And, and then there's some where it's just like flat and he's like, uh. He's just like yeah. sitting there, just like, just bored. Yeah. So I was really fortunate that people loved him and they kind of took him to be their own, right? And everyone just remixed him. Mm-hmm. and did what people do with memes right they turned him into a meme i didn't make him a meme other people made him a meme yeah yeah and it, it became i guess one of the most uh recognizable kind of i guess picked pieces of culture to the whole crypto space uh probably like up there with the term hodl the mis <laughs> the misspell right. i am hodling <laughs> right. and stuff and it just kind of took off and of course the thing is like everyone knows or everyone you know Anyone who has been in the space or chooses to investigate, anyone, everyone knows it came from that one post with that one guy. And everyone right. knows, everyone kind of has proper credit. But, like, how many people know where the roller coaster guy came from? Uh, not too many people. I think a little uh, people are learning now. Um, mm-hmm. and the reason people do, don't know that it's me um, is because how would they? Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't. Um, out in front, you know, waving a flag. Um, I kind of just, I didn't quite step back. Mm-hmm. It's more that people took him and took him to all these new places mm-hmm. and I didn't interfere. Yeah. I just uh, allowed him to go on this great ride that he was going on. Um, everyone was taking him on these trips and rides to go to all these new places mm-hmm. and it was really fun. And, you know, when I had things going on with my life, I, I, spent nine years like i said earlier doing the Mm -hmm. daily web comic and when i was done with that i was really burnt out you know i had drawn over three thousand you know comics consecutively every day you know for nine years a lot of output yeah it was and so i was a little burnt out and you know and then just other things in life were um a focus for a while i'm a very creative person so Mm -hmm. i was doing you know whether it was music or building something carving that kind of thing so uh yeah and then i i guess it was really not until last year that i finally returned you know to the bitcoin roller coaster guy and i the first art i did was really just i was just inspired out of Mm -hmm. just seeing that the happening was coming and i thought oh i have an idea for that and Mm -hmm. i i made a little animation for that and I put it up on Twitter and I had like, you know, nobody following me on Twitter. Um, and uh, then, uh, yeah, and then eventually I, I just decided to do more. And uh, luckily, um, you know, and I put up a new website um, just this past year. And uh, I was able to, I didn't even have BitcoinCoaster.com. I didn't even have that URL. Hmm. But a guy that I have become friends with traded me for it. Interesting. So, yeah, if you've seen, there's a 3D printed version of Bitcoin Roller Coaster guy. Mm-hmm. Might have seen that um, around. Yeah, so this this guy um, had 
I think he actually paid somebody to design it. Mm-hmm. And then after he paid somebody to design it, he released it, you know, to the world and posted mm-hmm. about it. Well, after I saw it, I wrote him and I said, hey, can you print me one of these? You know, I'll, I'll uh, pay you for it. And, uh, you know, he didn't take any money. Of course, he, he printed mm-hmm. it and he mailed it to me like a gentleman. And then we were working on a project together and uh, it didn't end up working out just because um, our schedules were really busy mm-hmm. and stuff. But we've kept in close contact. Anyway, he owned bitcoincoaster.com and so uh not too long ago him and i did a little trade for that so i was pretty fortunate to you know get such a good url for for him um because of because of my friend so yeah that's fantastic and have you um like this has this whole obviously create a piece of viral art culture whatever um it has a potential to, you know, change some people's lives. And like, you've seen this with meme culture things. Someone is just like that. Uh, what's the guy's name who was on the TikTok on the skateboard drinking the ocean spray. Oh and yeah. Just, I don't know his name, but great guy. Yeah. yeah just funny. one little clip that goes, and then he just makes a whole bunch of money off of it. And it's, it's pretty crazy how like you just take one little like thoughtless social media post, like everyone does. And then you can go crazy. Uh, it's so, has this kind of the viral quality of the Bitcoin roller coaster guy ended up uh, actually like serving you in the long run? Like, has it been making it easier for you to pursue your artistic endeavors and things like that? Yes, it has now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as I mentioned, I was not really involved, you know, for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I made the decision last year to, you know, bring come back to him mm-hmm. and bring bring him back to life from my own perspective. He's mm-hmm. already been living this life through everyone else, which is awesome. Yeah. And I love that, but I wanted to give him my own, you know, flair. So mm-hmm. um, since then, um, luckily, you know, people have been really accepting as soon as people found out like, oh, this is the guy. Um, I've been embraced very much so by other Bitcoin artists. Mm-hmm. Um and uh you know they've been really kind and really nice and you know people have been excited um people i guess you know so far it seems like people are excited to know like oh there is a person who made this you know i mean you see things on yeah the internet and you just think like oh this is you know created uh, you know when the world was was begun and uh, people just <laughs> share it you know <laughs> yeah it was just birthed from the ether right exactly um you know, luckily I, you know, that was, uh, you know, originally when I did post him, I did put uh, my Brainless Tales logo on the original one, mm-hmm. um, which was the name of my old comic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's pretty easy to verify that that was me. Um, but yeah, so I have not gotten rich. I've barely made any money off of Bitcoin Roller Coaster Guy. I sell some things online through a mm-hmm. Zazzle store, um, but really I haven't gotten there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm 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 going there. I hope so. Um, I really just want to bring some high quality um, stuff to people that want it. So um, I know people want more and more Bitcoin roller coaster guy stuff that I don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, hopefully soon. You know, I mean. But at the same time, art has always been a passion of mine. Yeah, and I. I'm not, I'm not great at being an artist 
businessman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's I like to the, do yeah. what I like to do, you know? Um, so. Yeah, that's kind of how it ends up working out. A lot of people get, um, they're, you know, they're too good at doing the actual thing to be focused on doing other things, you know, which right. it, it makes perfect sense. But, you know, it just sometimes people like lament that. But the space has come a pretty long way as far as like the, the crypto art space. Like, I'm not sure if you see behind you here, there's a crypto art of the happening. Um, and it has a little QR code there. And it's actually, a, it's a little paper wallet in there. So if you want to like store your life savings in your painting and then run away with it or whatever, it kind of works for that. And there's been so many other things happening, especially the NFT craze. Now, oh, yeah. yeah, that's been, it's something that I didn't know what it was. And then I heard about, okay, I, I kind of get the concept. And then I saw people selling, I guess, NFTs of the most ludicrous things that like I don't see any necessarily value personally in and making a killing. And there's a friend of mine, Ken Bozak, who's basically the guy who went like a hog wild on NFTs <laughs> in like the most like, like just making like partnering with some artist to make little animated gifts of himself and just flipping NFTs to the, you know, and making an absolute killing off of that kind of stuff. It's so as like the art space, the crypto art space kind of evolves. Um, first off, have you kept up with it much these days about like the new kind of things like the NFT craze? And then what are your kind of thoughts on where it's ended up today? Um, yeah, actually, you know, I find NFTs to be fascinating. Uh, I actually really love them, mm -hmm. but I have to admit that I don't own any. Mm. I've been, uh, cautious because i feel like oh my goodness if i start buying nfts you know I, I might get that collector bug and just go hog wild and spend all my money on these things yeah uh, i i think they're awesome and there are some really great artists mm -hmm. doing um nfts so i i find them really exciting um you know uh, so yes i i wasn't paying attention to nfts until last year um, and then once I saw that, I started, you know, started paying a little attention to that. And it, it is really interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think that could be, that would be something that I think people go crazy over is because it's something that's a, an originality component to, to the, um, the digital space where, and everything is super easily reproducible. Everything's super easy to fake. Everything's super easy to just copy. And um, like I can imagine if you came out like the Bitcoin roller coaster guy himself came out with a series of NFTs of those works and stuff. I think those would sell for pretty high, especially if they got, you know, publicized in some sort of a conjunction with, you know, something kind of like something bigger or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, there certainly have has been interest um, on Twitter. People have <laughs> mentioned turn this into an NFT, you know, numerous times. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody said, uh, I'll pay you $500,000 for the NFT, you know. Yeah. That was quite humorous. Well, um, it's funny thing. It's not quite, it's not just humorous. It's like a real offer. Like that's what these things can go for <laughs> these days. Well, yeah, uh, it's interesting. I, I, like I said, I, I do really like it. I, what I, you know, um, at first I didn't understand it. I mm -hmm. think like, um, I think lots of people when they first hear about it, it's like doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense to me. I was like, yeah. wait, what? Um, but then 
uh, it didn't take me too long um, to realize that it's really it's really just about saying I own this. Mm-hmm. People love to own things. Um, collectors love to own things. My my father loved to collect things, mm-hmm. and he would we would see something out at a store, an antique store, and my dad would say, "Oh, see that? I I have one of those." <laughs> like I had never seen it. Where where is it, Dad? Oh, it's in the barn, you know. You yeah. can't see it today, but I own it. You know. So he liked just knowing that he owned something even if he couldn't see it every day. And that's how collectors are. Mm-hmm. Baseball card collectors, do they look at their cards every day? No. They're all closed up in a drawer somewhere to keep them away from the sun. Mm-hmm. Um so collecting is not about the physicalness of it as much as it is just saying i own that and with an nft you can verify it yeah so there's a verification there that you do own that so it's pretty cool <laughs> yeah that's for I, sure yeah i kind of like the um the interface also between the physical and digital world when people like issue nfts of physical items and right. especially like as you use as sort of like a proof of authenticity of the item where, for example, um, just think about the example of like saying, oh, I, I own it. I got one in my barn or whatever. And then right. someone breaks into your barn and takes it. And now they have it. And this thing that you worked so hard to like to get one of now just someone else has it. You know, what do they say? Possession is nine tenths of law or whatever it is. Now they like they got it and it's that like oh it was mine that that connection isn't quite there without some sort of a you know documentation but if you you know buy the nft that just says that this is mine here's the control here's the private keys of it and then someone takes the item at some point it's like well that item's kind of worthless without the nft pairing right and so right. that kind of keeps it with it and also about like artist royalties and things like that like a lot of nfts that have built in I guess, percentages for the original creator. Like every time there's a sale or a resale, then, you know, we get a little bit of a kickback to the the creator. And, you know, can you imagine if like <laughs> getting like a, a roller coaster guy NFT and then just the number of times it's been passed around all across the internet, if it all like kind of comes back and then you sort of, you, you I guess you kind of like trace it all back to the origin. And yeah, I mean, I think that could be a, really change the way the the art world works for sure i agree i think that the retaining that artist royalty is an amazing uh you know solution because if artwork is being sold and resold Mm -hmm. then it obviously has value and people are enjoying it they want to own it so the idea that the artist can be uh, rewarded on a resale is, is pretty awesome. And, and I think most of those percentages are, you know, fairly reasonable. Um, you know, they're not like really high. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think it should stay. I mean, the bulk of the, the profits should go to the, the owner. I think that just makes the most sense. But it is really amazing that that artist can be rewarded um, after the fact. Especially imagine if, you know, an artist sells something for only a little bit and then, you know, a year later somebody resells it for a lot. It's nice that the artist can then benefit from that. Yeah. Um, it's obviously encouraging then to the artist to do more work. So Yeah, it definitely gets rid of that sort of 
situation where you have the penniless artist just cranking out works and you just like selling a few at the back of his truck just to make ends meet and then those become priceless and the guy's like oh, if only i had you know if only this could be priceless like sooner but then right in that case you could still sell the basic one to pay the bills but then it gets resold at some exorbitant you know fee or whatever and then right. some of it still kind of goes back to the artist it's also a something that um like a lot of artists are not recognized during their own lifetimes and it's it would be interesting to have like a generational sort of an effect where it's like okay well you know grandpa painted a whole bunch of stuff and they kind of sold sold for peanuts but there's the nfts associated with it it's all like we all control you know his family controls the end result nft um address and then you know they become famous later and then all of a sudden they're you know the money still goes with the family or whoever and then you know it's just kind of it's not like a sort of a forgotten fact like oh yeah like with sort of sort of source of bitterness every time you see like oh yeah grandpa's painting did really really well but we're all broke and it's like you know right. and you start just you know, get bad attitudes about like, oh, the way the world works and, you know. Right. Yeah, because you know what? I think, you know, you bring up a really good point and that is that I think most people, you know, want creators to be rewarded for the good work that they've done. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I see it very often online from people or just talking to people. If they're buying music or buying art. They want the creator to be rewarded, you know, because mm -hmm. that... That's how what makes you feel good, right? Like, oh, I love this piece of art, whether it's music or physical or digital, and you're buying it. Of course, you want that money to go to the creator, right? Like, that mm -hmm. just feels right. And I think most people really agree with that, and they want to see that happen. So I think it's a very positive, positive thing, for sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's definitely a crazy way to have come from just the original parts of the blockchain as well where we right. just like oh we just send and receive a transaction that's it and then maybe do another couple cool things and now all of a sudden we have like all this this extra stuff sort of associated with it right yeah yeah it is really interesting yeah so tell me about that little running guy behind you <laughs> yeah so this is uh, my latest bit of artwork and it is a uh, sculpture that i made it's called mm -hmm. running bitcoin and it he is a in commemoration of Hal Finney. Mm -hmm. um, Hal Finney was uh, one of the very first people to use Bitcoin. Um, he tweeted at the very, very beginning, running mm -hmm. Bitcoin. So very matter-of-factly. <laughs> yes. And that's what this is um, inspired by. That mm -hmm. is the running Bitcoin. Um, so Hal Finney actually was there at the beginning, and he was corresponding with Satoshi Nakamoto. And Satoshi sent the very first on-chain person-to-person transaction to Hal Finney. It was 10 mm -hmm. Bitcoins. And um, so that's like, you know, Hal Finney's biggest claim to fame. But Hal Finney was involved really before Bitcoin because prior to Bitcoin, there was this thing called Hashcash that yeah. Adam Back had created, right? And that was... Um, a proof of work is what it was. It was used, mm -hmm. I think, for email, right? To basically mm -hmm. say, like, this isn't spam email. This is a real email. Look, I typed yeah. it out. And it had this hash in there. And Hal Finney took Hashcash and he turned it into a reusable proof of work. Mm -hmm. It was a token that could be passed on. So very much like Bitcoin. So Hal Finney created reusable 
proof of work. I think it was pronounced R POW. Hmm. Um, so it's R P O W. Yeah. Um, Hal Finney created that. And that really, I think, was a big inspiration for Bitcoin to be created because that same idea, a reusable proof of work token that can be passed on and can be verified anywhere in the world. So very, very similar. And so, you know, Hal Finney obviously was a, into that whole the cryptography space at the time. Mm. And uh, then uh, after and so. So this this, you know, the sculpture, then, you know, obviously it's inspired by his tweet, you know, yeah. running Bitcoin. And he was also a runner. Hal Finney was a runner. He loved to run. He ran some half marathons and such. And unfortunately in 2009 after bitcoin was created and released mm -hmm. Finney was working towards running a full marathon mm -hmm. um he'd never got to run a full marathon because a, um, a few months after bitcoin was released he was diagnosed with als mm -hmm. and als is a terrible degenerative disease that basically um stops all your muscles from working over time and so Later in 2009, Hal Finney ran his final race mm -hmm. um, that he ran in, and he uh, he wore uh, the number 415. Mm -hmm. And so I'll just see if I can pull this up and show this. Yeah. So um, so this little guy's carrying um, mm -hmm. Hal's Hal's number from his final race 415. Mm -hmm. There's also some um, really small uh, letters and numbers in here. Yeah. As well. Um, they are F in, in order F four one eight four F C five. So it incorporates into the four one five. And that's mm -hmm. the uh, beginning of the um, the beginning uh, characters of the, the hash from the very first Bitcoin transaction that Satoshi sent to Hal Finney. Interesting. So that's worked in there too. So the four one five number actually those digits did exist right at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, of that hash, which was pretty interesting. So um, five years after that, Hal Finney died from ALS. And so I'm auctioning off this sculpture uh, on Hal Finney's 65th birthday on May 4th. And half of the money that is paid for it will go to an ALS organization. Um, it's one in California. Uh, I've been corresponding with Fran Finney, mm. Hal's wife. And uh, she had suggested this particular organization. So that's the one uh, that we're going to, you know, share, share the, the, the money with. So uh, I'm real excited about it. Yeah. To me, it's a really um, special project. Um, I just when I I just was inspired. And uh, luckily, uh, I had been invited into an artist group for a brand new Bitcoin auction website called scarce city hmm. um, scarce that's city that's a good good play on words there <laughs> yeah so the website is actually scarce.city hmm. um, and they are still working on their uh, site so it's not open to anybody yet you know mm -hmm. because they're still in development but they've been doing auctions um, and it's all bitcoin so so far it's all bitcoin related art and all the auctions are for bitcoin and they use a mechanism where you don't need an account Mm -hmm. You can just um, you make a bid, but then you have to collateralize your bid, which mm. means you just pay them 
a small percentage of what your bid is mm -hmm. and they prefer to use lightning network for that mm -hmm. so um, you can do on chain if you want but mostly it's lightning and so that's how that works yeah and so yeah so <clears throat> luckily i was able to work out with um scarcity to have the auction on halfinny's birthday mm -hmm. because thus far they've only been doing one auction a week um, on their site so yeah so that hadn't, that ended up like kind of like working out pretty well yeah yeah the timing worked out really well um and so you know how finney he, he was really one of the most important people in the bitcoin story you know to mm -hmm. me um he was like i said he, he 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 grabbed bitcoin as soon as satoshi put it out he, he grabbed it he was using it mm -hmm. um, and he and i've learned a lot about uh how finney in the process of this yeah and he just sounds like such an amazing guy he loved freedom. He was a very freedom-minded guy. You know, mm -hmm. um, he was a very positive person. Um, he had a lot of passions and hobbies. He was a pilot. He had his pilot's license, and he liked to do magic. Yeah. And uh, you know, he oh, well, well, he liked to run, of course, and mm -hmm. he also liked to bicycle, and. Uh, there's other things, but I'm not quite remembering them. But, you know, he, he worked in the 80s. He worked uh, developing video games for, mm -hmm. I think, in television and Atari. And that's really cool. Way back he, in the day. Yeah. And he also um, worked on the very first versions of PGP, Pretty Good mm. Privacy, with uh, Phil Zimmerman. Is that the guy's name? And then he ended up being uh, working at PGP, Inc. Um, so he was like basically worked on the very first versions of that uh it's really interesting yeah, something a lot of us still use today you know yeah absolutely so so all around um and he was a really smart guy he was valedictorian of his class when he graduated high school mm -hmm. um you know and uh just uh you know sounds like a really interesting guy you know and if you read some of his posts online you know you can tell that he's just a nice guy um and so you know Unfortunately, he, unfortunately, he's not here, but, you know, when he died, he was, I, I might get the, the wording wrong, but he was like cryo frozen. Mm. So, yeah. um, so maybe one day in the future, you know, Hal Finney will be back. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, just think about 10, 20 years ago, if any of us would have imagined where we'd be today, just in terms of the crypto universe. I mean, I remember in 2013 when I moved up to New Hampshire, I was yeah. trying to figure out how to use get one of a Peter Schiff's like gold backed debit cards because I didn't want to like <laughs> use fiat at that yeah. point, and I didn't. And when I started learning about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, I was like, "Oh, this is so much better." But right, it just right. can you imagine like 20 years ago thinking, "Oh, today there's people you can live without a bank account, all on this digital freedom money that anyone can create, anyone can audit the supply." And, you know, has actual digital scarcity and can let people escape, you know, the problems of inflation and things like that. Some people would say, yeah, you're crazy, like maybe 100 years from now. But then <laughs> right, it just, yeah. it's just so soon, we're kind of like already there. I, I agree. I mean, I remember before I knew about Bitcoin, I was focused on gold, silver, you know, anything involved that just was better money than than the federal reserve note right mm -hmm. so um when bitcoin came around when i first heard about it, it wasn't like 
I didn't, you know, it sounded neat, but I didn't know if it would catch on, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's, it's incredible to see what has happened. It's, it's unbelievable almost. Yeah. And I mean, I've heard a lot of the same thing. The medical field is not something I'm really too knowledgeable about. Even my grandpa was a doctor, but other than that, and I've been extremely healthy my whole life. So, you know, knock on wood, I haven't had many run-ins with the health system, but just hearing some of the things that seem to be available today, as far as, you know, how people are able to reconstruct body parts, they're willing, you know, the, and the advances in, um, like brain medicine and things like that. And just everything is, seems so incredible now that the, I mean, I kind of like the, those who have passed are passed, and I don't want to get too much of a high, like hope about someone like Hal Finney, but I mean, why not? I wouldn't, I wouldn't be a hundred percent surprised if they couldn't bring him back in like a few more decades or something. You know, anything's I mean, possible. It's possible. It mm-hmm. is possible because he was preserved. So mm-hmm. um, it, it certainly is possible. I think he. I think I read that. You know, he thought it was a long shot you know yeah um so it's not like he was like oh this will definitely work um i believe he thought it was a long shot but to him it was worth it so yeah i mean and it's not like it's not like he had other things to you know achieve in order to justify his existence either it's like he did a lot in the time that he was here and so you know i definitely have definitely done enough for sure Um, yeah so where can people find more out about this auction in particular? I know you mentioned before, um, was it the Scarce City? Scarce.city. Yeah, so the auction, yeah, the auction mm-hmm. will take place on Scarce.city. Um, but the auction isn't mm-hmm. posted yet. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there'll be other auctions actually between the time now that we're recording this and then May 4th when my auction is. There'll be some other auctions mm-hmm. um, that people could check out. But... My website is the best place to go, which is bitcoincoaster.com. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, like Bitcoin Coaster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then from there too, they could um, at the bottom of my website is a link to my Twitter. I'm, mm-hmm. You know, relatively active on Twitter. I don't. I usually don't post a lot, but I keep things up to date there. Yeah. So if I have something going on, I'm posting it. Um, so if people want to follow along, you know, for some fun, I'll be posting more animated gifts and mm-hmm. fun things like that you know i've been creating you know new things uh with the bitcoin roller coaster guy i did a really fun uh christmas one mm-hmm. it was uh you know bitcoin claws coming to town it was a so- song i sang and everything <laughs> that's fun people could listen to me sing <laughs> um yeah he was in a in a sleigh uh, being pulled by uh flying bulls you know of course yeah instead of reindeer um I did a minor one too, big Bitcoin miners, this Bitcoin roller coaster guy with his minor hat and a pickaxe, you know, over his back. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's the best best place to follow me, you know, and check check things out are those places. Yeah, and yeah, you know, personally, can't wait until there's a a host of different NFTs or those kinds of things because, <laughs> you know, I would definitely try to buy some of them, but I know there's other people who are way more nft centric who'd just be all over that kind of stuff and be like i have one of those i have one of the originals and you know right yeah yeah i um i hope nfts are in the future for me i've been uh really focused on real art 
Mm -hmm. uh, not real art. <laughs> like physical art. Physical art, that's what yes. I meant to say. Um, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, and animated GIFs, which basically could be NFTs today, right? But, yeah. Um, you know, we'll see. I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm watching this space to see if there's, um, if somebody brings back like a platform on Bitcoin for mm -hmm. NFTs. Um, you know, they, they've existed before. Um, so maybe we'll see some more, you know, um, because the, the, I guess what I learned, I didn't even know this until mm -hmm. recently, but I guess the, there was like these rare Pepe's was like a mm -hmm. thing and they were like NFTs on Bitcoin. I, I don't really know that much about it admittedly, but um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, one thing I've been sort of, well, I'd be a little bit more on the sidelines with NFTs myself is because of some of the unsolved, like kind of unanswered questions about it, uh, depending on the implementation. So for example, where is the actual file that's associated with the NFT, the actual, where is that stored? Because there have been some cases of, like I believe there's one artist who issued a whole bunch of NFTs, and then after he sold them, he changed the image to that of a rug in a literal rug pole to kind of show like, oh, you think you bought something rare, but like, look, look what I can do. It's kind right. of like a, a lesson to not buy, I guess, a decentralized NFT linking to a centralized file storage system. And so like, there's a bunch of little things that need to be ironed out for it to be like fully live up to its potential. But, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would, what I would say to that is that, you know, um, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, of course. But it obviously it um, you know the artist chose to do that, so he's you know making a good point with that. But he's mm -hmm. also uh, showing, I guess, that you know maybe he wouldn't want to buy an NFT from that guy. <laughs> yeah, or at least look into how how the file is hosted. Is it on right. IPFS? Is it on some sort oh, of gateway right. that can be you know? Although who knows? Maybe those are worth even more now, right? Just because of uh, the. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that that, like, especially if the rug stays up, yeah. um, it could be, you know, especially if the creator still has control over that file, then it's almost special because whatever it is, it might be a rug, but then you might change it to something else. And it's just like, I have the thing that can be changed. And Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it is interesting um, for sure. It's uh, there's there are a lot of details involved and you know with selling physical art is a little easier in that mm -hmm. people understand it because it's the way things have been done for so long so and when i say people i mean me yeah uh, i understand it yeah of course uh, even though i'm you know this is the first bitcoin um sculpture that i'll ever sell um, mm -hmm. i i haven't really sold much physical Bitcoin art at all mm -hmm. um, so it's not like uh, you know I've got a big bank full of Bitcoins from selling Bitcoin art I don't so yeah well the whole world has a big bank full of Bitcoin gifts and such <laughs> because your work so yeah thanks very much for that and yeah so thanks come for coming on to chat with me today um, I'll definitely send people over to to check out the the rest of your work as well as the auction and yeah i hope you have a really thanks. great one yeah this has been uh, really fun thanks for having me on thanks so much for listening if you enjoyed the podcast subscribe so you don't miss an episode and donate to support the show by going to my coin tree page 
That's cointr.ee slash thedesertlinks and leave a message with your donation. Check out the show's sponsors. Live on crypto with BitRefill. Buy absolutely anything with crypto with ShopinBit. Avoid content censorship with Odyssey. Protect your privacy online with NordVPN. Get paid to search with PreSearch. All links are in the show notes.